Periscope for a submarine edition of ARG Presents. I'm your good buddy, Admiral Aaron, joined by a lowly ensign that we all call the Brent. Hi, everyone. Look I'm Ensign. Man, if you were on the sub, I would, just, <laughs> I would take out the biggest policy of insurance policy they had to get by that one. Listen, you know, we spun the wheel last week. We made the deal. We didn't well, make the deal. No, we didn't. Did we were forced. If anything, we brokered the deal. the deal. And the deal was made. I believe this was a Buck Owens joint this week when he demanded that we play, bam, submarine games with the Brits. Submarine games. These are games involving, guess what, submarines. Oh. I know, I know. Who'd have thunk it? Now, I really should have picked Burger Time. Would you shut with the Burger Time? Now, let me, ask, let me ask you a question. Yes. Hey, your experience is in these submarine games. I hate games. submarine games. Why? Because they are almost all uh, first person's perspective. You're cro- controlling all these things, like intricate uh, uh, controls and stuff. Yeah. They're usually super involved, and I have no interest in learning them. You're, so you're not a, not a fan? No. Nope. Well, no, I, th- this is like uh, uh, like complex flight simulators. Yeah. At least with those, I, I have a love hate relationship with those. Once you get off the ground, right? You you figure out all the controls. You get up in the air, and the landscape changes. Yeah. And things are beautiful. That's right. And you're flying past them. In a submarine game, it's blue and a whole lot of blue, and then there's some more blue. Yeah. Yeah. So. First of all, I want to thank, it's amazing, I, I thought to myself, I'm going to have to cobble together a video uh, about submarines, and, I, and, this, and I'm going to thank this, give this guy double thanks, SubSim, to channel, check him out if you're the sub games, had compiled a huge list of submarine games. That's pretty good. It's the dawn of time, and this guy saved me a lot of effort, <laughs> then I could just like buffet style look at these games, and I was going to choose and, out a few, yeah. Well, I will say, this This guy, this is where I got the idea for the game I picked, it was from this, wow. I've never heard of it. Now, well, all that said, I've played a few sub games in my time, right? Dodge Boat, uh, 688 Attack Sub, uh, the couple of the Amiga that I've played, uh, I, you know, uh, over the years. Uh, but I've never been a big simulator fan. You know, there's also, I think there's one called Sub Rock, I believe it was in the arcade, that was also on the uh, uh, on the uh, ColecoVision, if I'm not mistaken. All right. Uh, so the, I've played that one. But sub games, I'm kind of like you, I'm not a big simulator guy, you know? I've played most of the big titles. We just—it's funny because me and Boat just did uh, 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 the uh, submarine game uh, on the Amiga Red October. It was like a—I uh, guess you'd call it a, sh- a shooter type sub game, right? Uh, and we uh, we also have done Silent Service. I think we just had, we've done at least one. We may have done both Silent Service on the Amiga. So I've—I I've, feel like I've, I've dipped my toe in the pool with submarine games. Oh, I certainly have. But well. I'm kind of like yeah. you. And, and there's, it seems like there's a lot of hurry up and wait. In a sub game, and there's a lot of like, there's a lot of things that happen that if you don't know a lot about submarines or haven't seen a lot of submarine movies, it's lost on you. Like in sounds and pings and waiting to hear stuff. Like I don't know exactly what I'm waiting to hear. So I'm, I don't necessarily know what's going on. Yeah, I mean, well, I yeah, I get the concept, right? Yeah, the, the whole uh, uh, you know, you have to release air and take in stuff, water, the the whole float, and you have to be at certain depths. Allow you to do certain things yeah. and the risks involved. I just, I mean, I just don't care. What, what, what do you think about like submarine movie? Did you see Hunt for October? I or did. Adolf yeah, Luke, I've or? seen Hunt for October. I, I, that was a pretty I good mean, one, though. I liked it. The, but the thing with with submarine movies, I, they're they're fine. Right up for Hunt for October was actually a really good movie. Yeah, I like. But 
it has the same problem as submarine games. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously not to the same extent. The view never changes. It, you're in a sub, you know, and sure they have cutaways of people outside the sub or things going on, but the main core of your gameplay, the main core of your movie is in an environment that never changes. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of that. Like, the horror movie, The Cube, right? Do you have any idea what that is? I never saw that, no. Like, it's a horror it, movie? Yeah. It, it, it was all in a white room, right? Yeah. It, it, With black the, curtains? The environment never <laughs> changed. And yeah. I, I dug that because it took it to such an extreme that it kind of looped back around. And when anything changed, <clears throat> it was exciting. Sub games, though. Wait a minute. This this is a submarine game, the cube? No, Aaron. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought you said the cube took place in a submarine. That's what I was like. What are you talking about? White room? What kind of weird sub is that? Anyway. See, uh, even the subject of the subs confused me. That's how horrible <laughs> I am. You can imagage me playing the sub. I mean, to be honest, I played a ton of 680 attack subs, though. Uh, so I mean I, I, it, I'm not totally. I, yeah, see that that kind of stuff. They had that on the NES too. Me. You're playing on there? No, uh, no. I would never, never be able to take one of these games back in my NES days. They have board games based right around sub, yeah. where everyone has their own station. Yeah. And that bores me. I I mean I played it and it was okay. It's sort of like Star Trek or something though. I mean, no, got, it's not. You got uh, different people. You got the helmsman, like you know you got. The engine room guy, like Scotty, hell's and sort of like Sulu but but the off. but it's still what's outside of your spaceship changes. I mean, I know it's all space, but you go to different planets. You there are you know you've got nebulas and stars to look at. Yeah, subs. I like every once in a while it will go past the coral reef or something, and that's your big highlight well, I mean, moment. Space though, it's, it's like nebulas and stuff. There's not yeah. that much going on. In well, space that's either. a lot more than. Just empty, dark water. So it seems like we've spent the last 10 minutes burying the subject. <laughs> Sorry, Buck. But, but all that said, <clears throat> this was one of the more enjoyable weeks I had uh, when it comes to finding and playing a game. Because the really? one thing about it is, it didn't say, Buck didn't say we had to play sub-shooters or sub-simulators. It was, it was wide open. Yeah. Play anything. You he probably should have restricted us more. You could have played a game where you work <laughs> in a sub-shop. I guess that would have counted. Well, I've told you, Burger Time, you yeah. buried me no, for that's it. That's not a sub. A burger's not a sub. Uh, so, I think we... Uh, uh, I will say we represented some systems this week that don't get a lot of jack. And so, I feel pretty... I'm pretty proud of, uh, of us for doing that. You know, we didn't talk. We just picked them. And so, when Britt picked the one he picked... I knew that game, so I was pleasantly yeah. surprised. So, well, heck, you you want to just go ahead and get into it? Then uh, the Brent Brent's going to lead the dance this week. Tell the uh, tell the fine folks up there what you picked uh, this time around, Brent. I I went old school with a game that I actually did play and enjoy from my youth. Yeah, uh, we did own this one. <clears throat> well. uh, not not necessarily. The... <laughs> I was going to say you're getting now. You're going over the time. Um. But I'm taking a look at Sea Dragon. Oh, he'll bite you. And Aaron Sea Dragon released on everything all the time. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to focus on on the TRS-80 releases, but this was also released for the Apple II, the Atari 8-bit, the Commodore 64, the Tandy Coco, and the the IBM PC. Uh, this was uh, an interesting take on a sub game because it really just said. Well, I'm a I'm a I'm a sideways scrolling shooter 
but let's have underwater elements. Yeah. And it was like, bam, there it was. I thought it was clever. It's sort of like revert. It's sort of like a, a, an inverted scramble. It, yeah, scramble is obviously the the core influence here. Um, the game is probably what would you say most famous on uh, uh, probably the Coco. No, no, I wouldn't say that. You I'd don't say think. It's more famous on the eight Atari eight bits. Uh, Brent left it open this week, so I ended up playing this on the eight bits. But I will say this is the one of the few games that I legitimately actually played on the, on a Terra model, like one or three. <coughs> yeah, back in the day, I actually, I actually played this on the actual thing when I was a kid because uh, we had a, one of these in my middle school. So it's kind of neat. Yeah, the the color computer versions and the Apple II <coughs> had speech. Uh, digitized speech, and it would say stuff like uh, uh, "Welcome aboard, Captain," or uh, you know, "Oxygen's levels low," and that kind of stuff. Big deal. That was a big, huge yeah, deal back cool. in the day. That's real cool. And it added. I think that for me, that's what I remember most about the game was this was the speech. The gameplay on this is a uh, left to right scroller. Um, where you play as a sub with incredible maneuverability. Uh, you can go up and down the water. You can go kind of forward and back. You, when you shoot, you have the option to shoot forward or up. There are the, the main enemies, I guess, in the game are uh, sea mines. Mines like, that like depth charges. Yeah, no, are, right? depth charges are shot from ships. I and, see. and they go down. So these are like these are like. I mean, it's neat that they release. Or they've got these in real life. Yes, they, they do. do. That's great. Absolutely. How do they know when to let go of the, of the room? Well, they they attach to the hull of the of the, of the vessel. Oh, it's like magnetic. Uh, I don't know if that's how they do it, but yes, okay. it is. Um, the game has two main concepts going for it. You know, it's a shooter, obviously, but it also has the added element of instead of having fuel, you have to maintain your air. And to get air, you have to surface and basically uh, uh, refill your air bar. It's like Jungle Hunt. Okay, sure. <laughs> it's sort of <clears throat> And the way that they add a, a bit of tension into this is there are times when you're in caves, cave systems, where you can't surface to get air. So before you go into a cave system, you have to pretty much fill up and then dive into these cave systems and hope the caves aren't long enough that you can get back up to your air supply. And the cave systems are very scramble-like. It's a lot of maneuvering, a lot of up and down movement. Yeah. Um, there's usually, there's still mines inside the caves as well as uh, turrets that they'll have shooting at you that you have to use your up gun to shoot. Yeah. It's a fun, impressive game. And the creators of this, Aaron for the TRS-80 were Wayne West Westmoreland and Terry Gilman. Have you heard of them before? Uh, no. I mean, I don't know them by name. Okay. They uh, did a few games that you are probably very familiar with. All right. Uh, do you remember Donkey Kong? I've heard of that, yeah. Uh, for the... <laughs> you had... Donkey Kong, they never commercially released because they couldn't get the license for it. Yeah. Uh, but it was a labor of love, and I checked it out, and it's actually really impressive. Yeah. Uh, they also did Zaxxon, which they did 
publicly released, and Sega worked with them on the license and stuff. So these weren't just two scrubs. They actually had a fair amount of, of kick. And even though Sea Dragon was uh, in the middle of their career, you could tell they really knew what they were doing. The other thing with Sea Dragon, uh, especially on the uh, old TRS-80 Model 1s, <coughs> is you, when you start the game, right, it says, do you want to choose level 0 through 7? Yeah. And I think that's poorly worded because that makes you think that you're going to start at a different set of uh, scrolling boards, and that's not what it is. It's totally a speed control. And let me tell you something. You crank this up to seven, you, you're going to die. But it's impressive <laughs> that they were able to get the game scrolling as quickly as it does at a higher level. I thought that was very neat. Um, and, and very really an impressive feat. Some of the other versions, uh, you said you looked at the Atari one. I did. And uh, you want to give us a little background on the Atari one? Well, I mean, it's... it's it... It's more advanced. I mean, obviously. Obviously, yeah. It's, it's going to be a more advanced game. Uh, it played okay. I noticed that the sub moved more glacially than it would in the uh, model, uh, in the TRX-80 model. When I had a, I had a cup of coffee with the TRX-80 one, yeah. but mostly I played, because you didn't really say, you told me it was wide open, so I could play yeah. it on one. So I just, I just happened to have it on the Atari, so I played it on there. Uh, it, you know, I, if you want the honest truth, it looks better and sounds better. On the Atari, but actually, I think I like the gameplay on the other one. It's because it's more, it's more, it's quicker. Yeah, I mean, it, like you it, said, you can crank up the speed. But I, I, I will say the Atari version. I thought they did a good job. I like the opening screen is nice. You know, I think the uh, also uh, the the way that they rendered it looks is good. You know, but I mean, it's 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 this game is a scramble clone. Okay, yes. and so. Yeah, there's uh, no denying that. The one thing that I like about Sea Dragon, just talking about the game in general, the, is because there's one thing that sets it apart. I mean, I think the, the whoever thought of an idea to have the sub be a scramble code, cool idea. Yeah, because yeah, it does I think give it you works. some options. And then also, I like the idea of having the up gun. You yeah. know, because in Scramble, when you go to those real tight quarters, you know, which I always hate it. Like, where are you? Well, I'd say. well I mean, that's the or challenge. Super cold. Of it, yeah. I know, I know. But I mean, in this game, it makes a lot more sense for a sub to go through these crevasses and stuff, real tight and so. And well, it and doesn't, but okay. No, it does because that <laughs> happens in the, in the movies and stuff. They go in these, in these. Look at hey, look at Captain Nemo and stuff. He took his sub down in there. Um, but I like the idea of having gun places above you. It's just I think that's neat. Yeah. I mean, if you think about how ludicrous the whole thing is. Oh yeah. Who who <laughs> who's who hired those? to put those yeah. in? Yeah. Yeah. You know, who, and, and how often do those actually get used? <laughs> right, right, right. But I mean, I think. Listen, I, I I've played this on two or three systems, and I also played this on the color computer. Yeah. And I, listen, there's not. A, I don't think there's any duds. And it, it's also I want to put over the name Sea <laughs> Dragon. Yeah, yeah, very that's nice. a cool name. Yeah. Right. So I mean, I remember this is one of those early games that like it's funny. I didn't think about this for years, but I played this a lot back in the day. You know, I played yeah. on any system I had. I played it, and I think it's one of those games that sort of—I'm not going to say it resonates, but it, it's certainly somewhere stuck back here. And when you see it, you're like, "Oh yeah, yep. Sea Dragon, man! I remember that. It was cool." And you got the little dancing pirate on That's, some of the versions. So, I, <laughs> so yeah, I was excited when you when you picked it. So I was like, 
It's like someone who reminded me of an old friend uh, that I'd forgotten about, but I was real fond of. So yeah, I'm a big fan. <laughs> I said they're both. They both had their pluses and minuses, in my opinion. Now, something you might not have known, Aaron, is every version of this was uh, programmed by a different person. I, I kind of figured that yeah. actually. The the concept stayed the same. The kind of the level layout. I mean, some of them change it up a little bit, but um, yeah, everyone, all the different versions had a, a different uh, programmer for it, which, that's cool. Yeah. I, that's cool, and, and it's nice to be able to play a game that's similar, I mean, because all the versions, all, like I said, were very similar, but to kind of get a different take. Like you said, the Atari one, much slower paced, yeah. much slower paced, uh, better graphics, of course, it had better capabilities, and it, it was, I think that's more true to a sub-game? Because I don't think, when you think submarines, you don't think these uh, uh, massive, like, jet-speed-style gameplay. Yeah. So I think, really, the Atari version kind of fits the mold better. But for just a gameplay perspective, I think uh, the TRS-80s and and the uh, Tandy Cocos are the only way to go. You know, the funny thing, this is a lot like when we covered Hunchy a while back. And that Hunchy's a game that like had it was on different systems with a different game at some places. You know what I'm saying? It was it was it was an unusual title, and this is sort of like that where you have all, but it appears because it appears so much. Uh, but the uh, uh, I do like the differences, and I will say if you look at the cover of the box, I actually found the box cover yeah. of the actual uh, TRS-80 Model One version, and right on the front is a big gold sticker, a big like a medallion. It says. Arcade action, like, and this is for once they're not wrong. Yeah, like this is arcade action on your TRSA Model One. Good luck trying to. I mean, the Model One has has excelled itself every time we've played anything from it. Yeah. Oh and this yeah. This is just another example of another <clears throat> great title that they were pushing on these machines. Now, Aaron, when this was released back in the day, and uh, this was released back in '82 uh, for a majority of the versions. But it was also released in 83 and all the way up to 84 on the uh, C64. Yeah. So this had a, a long lifespan. Um, the critical reception of this was actually kind of meh in the really? middle. Yeah. It well, went, it, it probably called it was a clone. Uh, it, well, no, that actually wasn't the problem a lot of people had. I mean, yeah. it, all the reviews that I saw uh, said, yeah, you know, this is scramble underwater, which yeah. it is. Yeah. You can't deny that. Yeah. It's what it is. But a lot of people crapped on the graphics. Of all the versions that are out there, they crapped on the graphics. And I don't know what they were... I don't know what reviewers were wanting. And not all reviewers did this. Uh, uh, some reviewers said, you know, the graphics are, are, are really crisp, and they're really good. You know what's going on. But there were also a lot of reviews, just as many reviews, that said, yeah, these graphics are crap. And I, I what on do you TRS think? On the TRS-80 Model 1? On, on pretty much all, well, I did not find a review for the Model 1. I think I mean, you, you're <clears> greatly yeah. limited. No, I didn't find one for the Model 1. But but for almost all the other reviews, uh, they had problems with the graphics. Did you have problems with the graphics for the well, Atari? I don't know. What you, <coughs> you've got to put yourself in the position of the year. Okay? Yes. If it's coming out in 82... 83. Yeah, the Atari one came out in 82. Like, I'm looking, we're looking at the Atari one here, and would I say the graphics are exceptional? I would not. No, I certainly wouldn't say they're exceptional. I would say they're serviceable. Yes. But, I mean, uh, 
I mean, there you, are flourishes that could have made this better, but I mean, it's not a game that requires a lot of graphical oomph, you know? Yeah. So I think, I think, what a lot of people had a problem with, and like I said, there were just as many people praising the uh, 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 environmental feel that you were underwater as there were people harping on uh, everything was so bland. Yeah. I, I, I think both people actually have a point in this. And I do not normally agree with reviews from back in the day because they're so uh, uh, pay-to-win. I think they were the original pay-to-win. But where the Model 1, I think they did absolutely the best they could. Yeah. I think things like the Atari, uh, things like the C64. Did you look at the C64? Yeah. I didn't look at that one. How does it look? I just I watched video on it. Yeah. Um, I think... There was potential to make like the rocks, the the cave walls and stuff look better. Yeah. I think they could have put more detail into that. I think they could have went farther on the sub. I think they could have made the sub look more interesting. Uh, so I completely understand where they're at. Yeah. But I also think that when you go into those caves, you feel claustrophobic. Yeah. And that is part of graphical design that puts you in that situation and makes you feel that way. So I think in that regards, I think they did really well. I think if you had like an Imagic or an Activision, that, that if they had helmed a tile like this, yeah, they probably could have squeezed more jack out of it. But I mean, I, it's for me, it's I mean, Scramble didn't have incredible graphics either. They're serviceable as long as you can tell what's going on and they, my, the control is king. I thought the control was fine. I didn't think it was cheap. You know? Uh, oh, no, it was a little cheap. Uh, what, that what very first that? mine, in most versions, if you don't do anything, you get hit by it. Well, I mean, but that's, a, that's, a, that's learning you. you, gotta, uh, you gotta, get it done. I don't like when the Listen, first three old, seconds... old games punished ignorance. I don't like when the first th- three seconds of you playing the game that you get hit, killed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you what you have happen once... It basically never happens again, but nah, I don't like that kind yeah, of. Yeah, uh, I understand. I don't like that kind of stuff. Um, Aaron, that's right. When uh, the concept of having to go up and get air, yeah. Uh, do you think that added to this game, or do you think that was an unnecessary? Oh no, uh, I like that because it's different than the original game. Yeah, I'm having to shoot things for fun. fuel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you do you have a problem that uh, th- this game does have an ending? Uh, I I never made it there, but at the end you are shooting a reactor to blow it up, and it blows up, and then the game restarts. Um, kind of unique for a game of this era. Yeah. To to have a scrolling game that ends usually you just keep level flipping. Now, granted, it does just level flip once you beat the reactor. Did you? I'm guessing you did not beat this. I didn't beat it this time, but I have gotten to the end uh, back in the day. It's a very Yars Revenge type yeah. of end boss. This uh, game's not easy. Or it's, Phoenix is another really good example, where you peck away at the shield, and then you have to land that final shot while you're avoiding gunfire. Yeah, this is one of those games that requires a lot of maneuvering touch and, and screen control. That's the hardest part of the game, and that's the hardest thing to get down. You know, in my opinion, because when you get those, it's again, it's just like scramble or something. When you get to those caves, you've got to be have pretty much pinpoint accuracy with you control your vehicle. Being that they kind of target this as arcade action, do you think this is a solid uh, high score game or no? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I, the thing is, 
uh, most high score games just they they take on your ability to shoot the bad guy. This one, it's more of a you know, it does you take into account the, your ability to maneuver. See, so, I completely disagree. I mean, it, would I, I, I say it's the best high score game? Is that like say Galax or something? No. No, I, I see. I think this is a poor high score game. Yeah, I would. I don't think it's poor, <clears> but I, it's different. That's for sure. Because there's no way to point press. You can absolutely kill everything. It's not a hard task. Um, so I've got a little problem with it. You can't kill every mine. There's some yes. of real tough to get. No, to. Uh, you could. I think you can get every one of them. No, no way, dude. So no I, way. I think personally, uh, a high score game, you have to have something where you uh, can point press. You can you can risk versus reward. And the only way that that ha- this game has that is to trick some mines into coming up early that are dug into holes and then fall back and shoot them. And personally, I don't think that's enough. Mm. I, don't, I think this is a very po- poor high-score game, although I do believe this has good arcade action yep. because it's a game you play usually five minutes later. Uh, you're done. You restart. You play again. Yep, I agree. Overall score? Uh, I, I don't rate them, but I, I give it thumbs up. Would you? Well, but would you tell people to go and play? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, Sea Dragon. Although it's funny because I was looking over our Discord, I thought we'd get a lot of action. We'd get no reviews on this thing this week. I think El this. Dutto. I think this is a game uh, that you kind of owe it to yourself to play. It's certainly a classic from yeah. uh, on a lot of the systems it's on, and I think the first time ever. I would recommend playing this on multiple systems. Yeah, it's uh, different. it feels a little bit different. This, this is a game that you can really compare the different versions and have different opinions on them, and they play different enough, and all of them have their own kind of unique quirks. Some have voices, some have more speed controls than others, that you owe to yourself to go out there, look this up on a few different games. Definitely the Model 1. I think this is an impressive black and white game uh, for the era. And take a look at the Coco version, too. I think that's probably my favorite. Of course, that's, you know... You're a homer. Yeah, it's what we grew up on. Very good. I don't suppose you find any eBay action on this thing. Well, I mean, is this available to buy? Oh, yeah. I mean, the uh, uh, I would wager uh, versions of this, like the Model 1 and 3. I, this is, I was surprised that the, the game is such an elaborate... Uh, an elaborate freaking box, you know, yeah. stuff, stuff, and the box art's really nice on this. It's cool. It's a good looking box, and I like the idea that it's got a uh, uh, the big seal on it. Like so that's kind of cool. Well, what do you mean? Uh, yeah, the the, big yeah but it's just a sticker. Oh, yeah, it's cool looking though. Uh, if you wanted to pick this up for the Atari Fifty Two Hundred, for example, uh, that's thirty five bucks for a loose that's crazy. cart. It just came out on cart. Yeah, well, bizarre, right? Uh, the Apple II ver- disc version, uh, you're looking at 45 bucks. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it's out there, and I guess it's it's uh, uh, in fairly high demand. All right, very good, man, very good. So that was uh, Sea Dragon. Dragon. Now, I went in a completely different direction. I, yes. I got I to credit the, 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 that sub-video I mentioned earlier. Because I really was, I was thinking about playing the same game you picked, ironically. And I, I think you even mentioned it last week. Because that was a game I remembered uh, when this subject came up. Uh, but I ended up going in a, in a really weird direction. Actually, a fun direction, uh, I think. I, I was surprised how much fun I had out of this. So 
when I was watching the, uh, the uh, sub video, this cutscene came up of these guys on a sub. And I thought, hey, man, this looks pretty neat. What is this? Well, the cutscene never ended, and then they went to the next game. I'm like, well, what the heck was the game? And so I looked. Turns out the game is a cutscene. <laughs> that, that is the game. And so uh, for my choice this week, I really went out in the left field, and I picked, uh, bam, Silent Steel. Uh, Silent Steel is a game that was released, believe it or not, for Windows 3.1, if you can believe yeah. that. Uh, and there, now, it's funny, this actually got multiple releases. Uh, this was released for Windows 3.1, and I think Windows 95, and certainly it was released as a DVD yes. release for your DVD player, which apparently is quite a rare release uh, on this one. Uh, so, what do you got here with the old Silent Steel? Well, just to get into particulars, uh, this was developed and published by an outfit called Tsunami Media Incorporated, uh, and uh, was released in 95, so it was right there in that sweet spot where you can still support DOS, you can support Windows 3.1, but it probably just got out just before Windows 95 came out, and so they went back and re-souped up a version that would play in Windows 95. This is also one of the games that was taking those timid first steps into uh, DVDs and full motion videos. Interactive movies. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and this thing shipped on four CD-ROMs uh, and was a quite a, uh, a load of CD-ROMs. Four is a lot. Yes. Uh, and, and of course, we would see games that released them many, many more. I want to talk about Tsunami Media real quick before I get too much into the game proper because I've never heard of these guys. Uh, so, Tsunami was founded by a fellow named Edwin Heinbockel in 1991. So, they weren't around that much, that long before they made this game. Uh, and it was made out in California. And here's the funny thing. It was in Oakhurst, right? So, uh, why Oakhurst, right? And they go into this. I was reading this on several different spots. This guy's plan was he he was the original CFO for Sierra Online. And they were based out there. Oh, okay. And it turns out they horked a lot of Sierra's talent. And Sierra was not happy with this. <laughs> you know, so basically he stuck them right where he's like, hey, I can take care of this business right here. So they were pretty much started from the ground up to do these uh, uh, FMV-type games. They called them intelligent motion pictures. Uh, the uh, first one they did was a game called Flash Traffic City of Angels, which we actually played on stream Friday, I, uh, on Amigo Aaron's Friday Night Disaster stream this week, we played this this game and the prequel, which was not really prequel, but the previous game, which was Flash Traffic. In Flash Traffic, City of Angels, you're trying to prevent a nuclear explosion in L.A. That's, that's, ah. the, that's the premise of that one. <laughs> uh, uh, and was well-received. And it plays exactly like the, uh, uh, Silent Steel, by the way, which I'll get into how it plays in a minute. Um so they did quite well with these games. They were very, uh, they were very well received. They won all kinds of awards and stuff. And, and so in 1999, uh, uh, they ended up, they sold Tsunami Media to the Tsunami Media Corporation, which was a outfit that was the name was made up to take over Tsunami. They were out of Delaware, and uh, they had a bunch of plans, including somehow uh, uh, wedging ads into these FMV games and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, not the, not the worst idea, in all honesty. Mm. Uh, but uh, there you go. So let's get into the game uh, proper. Uh, you're talking about a interactive movie here. Now, 
a lot of people when they hear the that term, they're like they're like, oh, good God, no. But in actuality, uh, this game uh, is was uh, the kind of game that I like because it's it casts you in the role as the commander of the USS Idaho, which is a submarine uh, that is patrolling uh, out in the, in the I guess it'd be in the Atlantic. And uh, as the game unfolds, uh, you're woke up because you get a top secret uh, report that a submarine out of Libya has escaped the Mediterranean and is somewhere loose and it may be falling into your patrol area. Yeah. They're like, don't worry, don't freak out, not a big deal, but it could be coming near you, right? And as the story unfurls, uh, you, as the captain, occasionally, often actually, are, uh, are made to make choices. Now, every time they do this, this is the same. You'll, get, you'll watch a dialogue, uh, you'll watch video, uh, uh, and acting and show you what's going on and then you'll get three choices of what to do. Always three and when you move the cursor over the choices, they're on screen, it, you're, the character that it, you're playing will say the choices. You know, so which is cool and you just pick the one you want. It's very well done and it's very seamless how it works its way into the video. Uh, the, uh, uh, the video shipped with this particular one, it has uh, over 150 hours of video on it. If you think about that, that's astounding. Uh, if you think about it, that's a lot of video for four discs. So you're probably thinking to yourself, how did they fit that much uh, data on these discs? Well, the answer is they, the, the video looks like not so good. It's not so good at all. I mean, it's watchable, but I mean, it takes up probably all... Uh, maybe a third of the screen of video, maybe maybe two fifths of the screen. Yeah. But this was the style of the time. Yeah, it was. There was also an MPEG version of this video. So actually, there's four versions of this. They released an MPEG compatible version for people that had MPEG cards in their machines. You probably did. You ever see one of these things? Oh yeah, yeah. And so you could get better video if you had uh, if you had one of these cards. So as you make these choices. You'll eventually go through your early morning as the CEO of the sub, and you're introduced to your crew. There's the guy, there's a sonar guy, there's the old grizzled like strategist guy. There's really a, and then eventually there are even cutscenes uh, that uh, will show you stuff that's happening not on the sub. For example, early on in the game, some you get this uh, second hit on your sonar of a submarine going like as fast as a sub can go. And this, and it shoots over this helicopter who's like patrolling, and they they see a, they pick up a, a Russian submarine. It's coming as fast as it can down towards you, right? This is part of the mystery, and this game is sort of plays out like a strategic mystery game. You've got to figure out why the subs are doing what they're doing. You need to determine which of the two subs is the bigger threat. You need to try to determine where the sub's going. The uh, uh, the type of sub it is, or is it, is it has it been augmented? Uh, are the subs hostile? You know what, and that's that is the juiciness of the game. Uh, and you as you get to make the choices, they really do radically change the game. You can get killed fairly quickly if you yeah. if you screw around too much, uh, and some of it's played for laughs. Uh, when we played Flash Traffic, the game that came before this one. It was much. It was a little more funny than this one, you know, because it was more of a cop-based thing. This one is 
they play this fairly straight yeah. in the submarine. I mean, they're not... There's some funny lines. And I like the fact that this one guy always smokes. And while they're having these uh, meetings and stuff, these guys are over getting coffee and stuff. It's pretty... I've talked to my buddy who was in the Air Force. And I was like, when you had these meetings, is this... Did it go down like this? It's like, yeah. People would just get up and get coffee. So it wasn't that stringent against the big wings, you know, which I thought was cool. And I had a buddy that actually served on a sub. And I talked to him about this game. You know, he got a kick out of it. <clears throat> but... Uh, uh, the game is plays it pretty straight. Everything's uh, the good thing about a game like this, since you're talking about 1995, and you're just now on the cusp where full motion video on discs is something you can do. There were games of this kind that were so bad they were uh, no good. Yeah, like this one, you could actually play it. And the previous game, Flash Traffic, there are scenes where you're looking at a document and it zooms in on the document. Right, you zoom in on it. And it's so jacked up. There's, I don't know how you could possibly read it. And they must have figured that out because as the guy's looking at it, he's like muttering. Mama, 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 oh, she's divorced. Mama, mama, mama. So they, they knew some secrets as to how to get around uh, some of these shortcomings. Now, one of the strong suits of the game like this, and this wasn't always the case, uh, by the way, was that the, this game seemed like a proper film. Yeah. It wasn't like me and Brent went in our backyard with our phones and made a movie. I looked up, I was like, who the heck did this thing? And so, <clears throat> this was directed by a guy named Tony Marks. He didn't do much as a director. He directed he directed Flash Traffic, the first game I talked about. He also directed a game called Bikini Island, or a movie, I'm not sure. Hey, Bikini Island, I hope that's one of these. Uh, but he but get this as an actor. This guy was in Valley Girl and in Little House on the Prairie. And then the writer, this was a guy named Chuck uh, Farrer. He wrote Sudden Impact, Navy Seals, Dark Man, Barbed Wire, Jackal Virus, Red Planet. Wow. So he wrote some there's real your, yeah. films. That, there's no, your guy. Oh, wait. I got more. The stars in this. The EXO is played by a guy named Brian McNamara. He's been in a ton of stuff, including Flamingo Kid and Short Circuit, where he had major roles in both. All right. The Master Chief is a guy named Jim uh, Metzler. He was in L.A. Confidential and River's Edge. These are two quality award-winning films. Uh, the uh, Lieutenant Wheeler was played by Frederick Laney. He was in Lost, The X-Files, Supernatural, American Horror Stories. I could go on and on. A lot of these people appeared in award-winning shows and movies. And these weren't people that just put out... There were a couple people that never did nothing else. Yeah. But these were like geeks. They stuck in the background. I mean, these were legitimate actors and actresses and people that worked at Hollywood uh, that actually wrote this stuff, which is a, is a big deal. Uh, when it comes to making a game like this. And it's funny because, keep in mind, this game came in 95. Now, we would see future FMV games for years. Yeah. All right? And they were almost all horrible. Yes. I mean, horror, even the big ones. Yeah. Even stuff that had Christopher Sewer Walken Shark and stuff in it. And, and, yeah. They were horrible. And I thought to myself, these guys figured it out. They didn't get the best director, but they got a guy who was a Hollywood guy. They didn't get the best writer, but they got a guy who'd written legitimate hits. Yeah. You know, I mean, they got actors that were actual actors, and not just Bill from accounting. Yeah. <laughs> and lo and behold, one of the things that you read in the reviews of this game are people talk about the strength of the acting and the writing. Some of them don't even like the concept of the game or the concept of an FMV game, but they've got to give the devil its due. They're like, this is good. This is not, this is real good. Some of the little uh, things I like in this game, it gives you the ability to save very handy because you'll die a lot. 
It also gives you the ability, if you wanted to, to sit down and watch the whole film. Just put it in. Now, I haven't done that because I'd like to beat the game legit. I, well, again, we played this on stream Friday, and I called it uh, chat, uh, chat Your Own Adventure Night, where I let the chat vote on which option to use to pick the next scene. And we actually got really far. We had two run-throughs of this and two run-throughs of Flash City. We got killed of both of them. But it was still a good time, and there's enough variance in these games to make it a fun diversion for you know a couple playthroughs. I've played through uh, uh, Silent Steel probably about, I don't know, seven times now. And it's, I mean, you're going to get a lot of the same scenes, a lot of the early yes. scenes. But this is the kind of game in 2022 that will hold your attention more than most games of the time because it's, it's you play it, you watch it, and then you're done with it. And you can say, hey, I played that or I beat that, which I think is kind of neat. I will say, I spent more time with this than I did my game. Yeah. Also, when you one thing I like is when you switch discs, they they filmed the video. Yeah. Like, in the first one, they see this, the, the Admiral's like, listen, <laughs> unless you want to get fired, like, you better switch the disc too. I appreciated that. I thought that was great. I told you to switch the disc too. Um, just before I get into the review, so what did you think of this thing, Britt? It's a little out there. Well, let's, let's go ahead and be... 100% transparent. This is not a game. This is an interactive this movie. This is an interactive movie. Okay. An interactive movie is a game. Oh, sure. Okay. If you want to so, think yeah. that. Um, this is probably, with the exception of I'm Your Man, which we did for a Laserdisc game. Yeah. Uh, that was one of yours. Lots of, many episodes ago. This is probably the best acting in an FMV game I've ever seen. I think this kills I'm Your Man to Acting. Oh, I don't... I now, don't. I, now, don't get me wrong. That Your game was played for camp. So yes. that's, a, that's the difference. Yeah. You didn't necessarily need award-winning acting in that. You just needed wacky acting. Yeah. And that was different. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this... they You can tell that they were taking this seriously. Yeah. And uh, they pulled it off in 98% of the... In, in the scenes. There were a few scenes that you're like... Oh man, that was a bad read. Or you know, they probably should have taken a different take on that. But for nine, because I, I played this a little while, I didn't get very far, and I was like, "Screw this! I'm just gonna watch it." Yeah. And I oh, found boo. Some, don't spoil it for me. I'm not. I found someone who played through it. There are multiple endings, uh, and there are multiple ways to get to those endings. Um, so that's good. That's really good. However, uh, like most games that go down this path, you can get into sequences where things happen and they feel jumbled. Uh, things that they have to, if you take a path, right, and then they have to get you back to the main trunk, it feels very abrupt and it feels very disjointed. That's unfortunate. But it's really, really hard to write one of these games, and that's not the case. I do not believe this has 150 hours of video. I do not believe it. I would say this probably has about six hours I, of video. 150 minutes of video. Okay. That's did I a, say hours? You that's did. Not bad. Minutes, <laughs> that's minutes of video. Okay, 150 minutes of video, way more believable. Yeah. 150 <laughs> um, hours of video on three, on four discs. <laughs> yeah, that's my bad. 150 um, minutes. So, did I enjoy my time with this? I, I think I would have enjoyed it more in a setting like you 
experienced it where you've got multiple people kind of picking things to yeah, see what happens. That was great. That was a lot of fun. Uh, much like I'm your man, I think the, really the group think is a more fun way of doing this. Um, but the acting, the writing, the dialogue, the interactions, the intrigue, yeah. because there are more than one plot point going on at a time, yeah. was enough that made me want to see it through to the end. Um, now, I did take the cheater's way out. I just watched yeah. how this happened. But I'm, I'm glad I did because I have a different understanding about the game than you do. Yeah. Um, is this a game? Uh, if you think interactive movies are a game, then yes, it is. I don't personally see it that way, but that doesn't mean it's not a good experience. I think if you had a few of your buddies sitting around, you can do. There's worse ways to kill an afternoon than to see how far you can get in silent steel. There you go. Very good. I, I will say, because uh, I've done a lot of these Friday Night Disaster streams, this was one I had a, a lot of fun with because it was neat to let people vote, and it was also neat to see what the high, the way people voted. It's a, it's a, you can almost pick personalities out because certain people would vote certain ways. And you would see their votes line up over and over, and it would be the same two or three people with each other. That was kind of neat. We had a real good time, and we also uh, flash traffic is another one. It's like I said, if you like Silent Steel, I think flash traffic is is uh, entertaining too. Uh, it's uh, a lot of fun, and it is uh, just as well acted and well uh, shot. So it's definitely one you want to check out. They've got a couple other ones. So uh, somewhere down the line, I'll probably bring these back to the uh, Friday Disaster Stream. Now I know the answer to this, Aaron. Yeah. But do you feel Silent Steel fit this category of submarine and and made it feel like you uh, I, that it was part of a submarine? Oh game? gosh, yes. Absolutely. In fact, way more than my game. Oh yeah. This, I mean, uh, and that's why I, I didn't even hesitate. Because submarine games, you want to feel like you're on a sub. Yeah. This, you're on a sub. You're it's shot in a sub. Well, so, I mean, it's that, shot on a down. No, they've got. They had access to. I've read the, some backstory. They actually had access to it more stuff than you would expect. Oh no, I, yeah. Style footage and whatnot. But <clears> at, at the end of the day, uh, this made me feel like I was on a sub faux show. I really I, thought that was. Cool. I will say there were enough aspects of the game because you could have shot this, set it in a sub, yeah. right? And completely ignored that side. But they really had sub-specific issues that would have arisen that uh, that they really latch onto as plot points. And and you can't pay you you couldn't take this and put it into another setting and it work. Yeah. So I, I do appreciate that as well. They they worked with their environment. They worked with what they. What they the concept and really stuck with it. I'd love to have access to the engine they used to make this, and just so I can make my own FMV game. Now that would be awesome. It wouldn't be hard. That would be awesome just to make your own. Just use this engine because it's simple. The one thing I like about this, it's there's no like parts where they're like pick up the joystick or type in this. No, it's all it's one, all two one, three. two, or three. That's yeah. the, the, the that's the key. The simplicity is the beauty. Don't cloud it by trying to do too much. They embraced what they were. We're an interactive film. Yeah. Nothing else. Yes. You know, and that's that was what made it work. Now, listen, we've done a lot of... I've been on a lot of shows and done a lot of these recaps. This is probably the first time I've been on one where I can consult for the critical reviews. I get to consult Entertainment Weekly, <laughs> who gave this game in March of 96, gave it a B+. Uh, Sub-Sim. 
who we actually looked at his video earlier, gave this an 80 out of 100. So he liked the PC Gamer, 75 out of 100. PC Joker, the grumpiest outfit in town. Anytime Joker's in there, they gave this a 74. That's high praise from, from, from the Joker. Uh, and then it, it starts to go downhill from there. Power Play gave it a 45. High score, 2 out of 5. PC Games out of Germany, didn't like it, 37 out of 10. Computer Gaming World, man, they gave it a 1. They just killed it. I don't know why. I guess it was a year later. Maybe these games had, they were gotten sick of these by then. Um. Uh, but uh, uh, there you go. So I did look this up on eBay, Brent. Uh, now, looking this up on eBay, no easy task. Because there's so many yeah. versions. If you look, if you look, uh, if you're watching the video here, I, I put up two different versions of the box art here. But there are actually, I found at least four different box arts. And I, was, I had trouble even figuring out which one went to what. So the best I can figure it is like this. The DVD release of this, I guess you play with your remote control and your DVD. Sure. Now I've read that the DVD version, when you move, when you go to pick your response, it doesn't say it like it does in the PC version. Well, that's fine. Well, I mean, you, still, you, it's neat to hear the guy say eh, it. I mean, you recite the line when you pick it. Well, anyway. I like to hear the guy. Anyway, seventy bucks. Gotcha. That's a rarer one. Seventy dollar DVD. If you want the complete in box version of this. That's the PC version. I saw it going anywhere. I saw one box up for ten bucks, all but about twenty nine bucks, with multiple covers. Okay, so mixed into that, you're going to have your MPEG version, your Windows ninety five version. The one I saw the most is the Windows three one. Uh, again, your mileage may vary. If you want just the actual CDs, that's all. You can get four of the CDs for seven bucks. Not too bad. Uh, once again, we got no reviews. For uh, for uh, Silent Steel, but I liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun, and uh, it's again, is this a game you're going to play over and over? No. no, but is this a game you get together with your buddies one night on like a Friday and sit down at your in your on your living room and play this? Have Absolutely. a few brewskis, yeah, yeah, and have a few drinks and laugh at it or try to well, figure it out. Well, that's now that is one thing. This is not campy enough no, that you can laugh. It's not at. campy at all. So if you, if, this is more like. I want to try to get through this. This isn't. Let's make fun of this because it's not bad enough your, to make fun of. Your game, of. I'm, I'm your man or whatever, right? That game is campy. Yes. Then in between those two, I would put Flash Traffic. It's still not as campy as your game, or even close. But it's it's got more. There's a sexy broad in it. There's some, yeah. a little bit of wackiness in that one. Uh, you can put that one somewhere in the middle. And in Silent Steel, and I don't think you play a game like this for last, because I think you defeat, if you do, yeah. you, you kill it dead. This isn't Mikhail's Navy, uh, man. Uh, this is the real deal. Wow. Well, it's not that you, serious. <laughs> what, did you think of, what did you think of sub games this week? Any final thoughts? Uh, I thought I had uh, as much fun as I possibly could with the subject, considering I don't typically like these type of games. And I enjoyed both games, so there you go. I enjoyed this ten times more than I thought. I, I really did. I enjoyed both games. Thank you, Buck Owens, from Chat Choice last week for picking this. Now, Aaron, I have a question. Yes, sir. Would you say that uh, if you were in a sub, right, yeah. and, and you were you were sinking down to the bottom of the ocean, is there that some, would probably be what would be happening? Is there someone you would call to maybe help fix? Fix the controls, fix the computer to get you back up and running. Well, if Scotty wasn't available, <laughs> I can only, only think of one man that's got the jack and the experience to take care of my submarine, and that's our good buddy Frank. Frank at RetroRewind.ca. 
Uh, Frank has a lineage, a long legend of craftsmanship and repair. Yes. And Frank will be more than happy to uh, fix or help recap or send you the items needed to fix all your Commodore machines plus your Terra CD color computer. Uh, Frank supports all these machines and he doesn't just support them uh, through repairs or sending you recap or diagnostic tools. Oh no. He will also augment those items much like that Libyan sub was augmented. Yes. He will augment these items with various accoutrements, including uh, flash cards and accelerators, among other things, SD card solutions, all the stuff you could possibly want or desire for your Commodore or TRS-80 color computers can be obtained from Frank at RetroRewind.ca. And while Frank will not come to your sub to fix your computer, if you can put that thing in the mail, mail it to Frank, he's going to fix it up for you and ship it right back. Because he's in North America, perfect. For all the folks uh, north of the border up in Canada and all the fine folks here in the USA. Yep. RetroRewind.ca, good enough to fix my sub. Bam. And I think if we could bring this up to Boat Fest, we'd be in business. <laughs> What's new on the wheel this week, to Brent? Uh, we have changed out and put the VIC-20, the VIC-20 in the, the Retro 20, Rewind eh? speed. All right. And for those who might have missed it last week, we have a Retro Rewind piece on the wheel. If that hits, the whole wheel's going to wipe just for one spin, and we are going to have... The wheel's tough to hold today, Brent? <laughs> well, the, the, wheel, it's like, the wheel just disconnected it's, you're itself. You're not milking a cow. What are you doing over there? <laughs> so, let's spin this bad boy. Let me help you out No, here. no, get him. Get, don't, okay, okay. Don't, don't, don't. Listen, listen. You don't go up and grab the Pope's robes, all no, right? Maybe the hat. No. And you put you kept that noise on there, didn't you? Surely it won't fall. We have French designed games Whoa. by Chris Fold. Chris Fold. We haven't heard his name come up in here for a while. French designed games. Now this is an interesting topic. Yeah, these are games designed in the Big F, Brent. That's going to be interesting. And we know we actually. We've played a few of the French games, haven't we, over the years? Uh, I'm sure we have. Well, yeah, I mean, Delphine, that's a French company. You know, they're they're really, I don't typically say, you know what, I'm going to go play something designed by the French or the Swedes yeah. or something Cause we know, don't know that developed in Australia. But, but, I mean, there are definitely flavors you know when you're playing a Japanese game, for example, yeah. and you know when you're playing a game from the U.S. Yeah, those are very distinct flavors. I, don't, I can't even pick those out. Really? Not well, the okay, US I can't. You never know. Uh, no, they, I can tell you have a feel. I can tell a European platformer from a mile away. So narrowing that in and focusing on just French developed games, right? I think it's going to be a good time. I like it. I'm going to break out my beret again. I haven't had that thing on for a wow. while. It'll Remember? cover up your bald Somebody head. Me, well, you don't have to put it that way. I look good in that thing. Uh, the Brent. So next week, that'll be a lot of fun. Games. Remember Doggy? Wasn't that a game that was uh, that was a French yes, game? Wasn't that? It so was. We've uh, we've tangled with some of the French. Oh, games. of course. We we're down. We're down with the French. Hey, I like uh, I like a lot of the food over there. The fine folks. I met a lot of fine French people. I'm very. I like to visit France someday. Myself, vineyards, the whole nine yards. It'd be a lot of fun. So maybe next week I'll get the green screen back out for a lovely pastoral French setting. Oh, Wouldn't that be nice? Or a nice cafe. That's right. Very good. Hey, uh, listen. Before we uh, check out for the day, 
Uh, I want to mention that coming up in September uh, will be another edition of the International Computer Club, Brent. Uh, the date will be forthcoming. I'd say about this time next week, uh, we'll have the date set in stone for International Computer Club before it gets too late in the, in the, uh, in the month. So if you are planning on presenting at the International Computer Club, uh, get ready to sign up. Make sure you've got every, all your ducks in a row, uh, and we'll be putting that down. I don't think we've got any uh, sweet action aside from the ICC coming up anytime soon, do we? So everyone gets a break, eh? Oh, I should mention, we'll, we will be posting in its entirety, because Brent's involved in this, uh, the Amigathon 2022, the full 12 hours. We actually got the whole thing in one big, long video. Nothing chopped up, nothing. It's all, I mean, that's the first time that's ever happened. I am sure that will get a 100% watch rate from everyone. Hey, listen, people can't get everyone. enough of the, uh, of the uh, uh, Amigathon 2022. Uh, and I should, one last item, if you missed it, or if you're interested in seeing Silent uh, uh, Steel in action along with flash traffic, uh, go over to the Amigo Stream Team channel and check out uh, the last edition of Amigo Aaron's Friday Night Disaster Stream where me and the chat went to war with these two games and had a lot of fun. And that you'll get a little background from what we were talking about today. That's all we got, Brent. Say goodbye to the nice people. Goodbye, nice people. Adios, everybody. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. A special thank you to Death and Styles for our vector style graphics and Bartbit for our amazing music. Would you like to help keep ARG spinning? You can do so at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fine folks. Dryerlet 17, Laron Garut, Templar Mar, Z9K9, Jerry Dennington, John Dykeman, Retroalogy, Airshack, Texas Foosballer, Sundown, O'Rong, Super Tech Boy, David Terrence, Mr. B, Roushy, Ram, W. Vetke, Dave, Velociraptor, Bernhardt Lucas, Steve Rathmason, Anthony Jarvis, Bitter Blitter, Pajaco6502, Kevin Bean, Andy Jones, Andy Craig, Rob Black O'Hara, Jason Warns, Mitsuyama, Chris Foles, Frodo Edel, The Slow Norris, Terry Howard, Olaf Hope, and Rolo. They all have access to our Discord channel, their name called out in the credits, and visualized in the ending scene. Have an idea for a wheel piece? You can send it to us at argpresents at mail.com.